your mind tends to play tricks on you and it's like, no, you're fine when you are in fact not okay. You don't feel okay. This has just happened. And so again, we've mentioned it before, but it's worth repeating. Uh, just I gave myself grace in those moments when I needed to to cry and just just process it and and I would speak to her all I still do I speak to her all the time I speak to my sister all the time because they are experiencing life with you even when you don't think it when you're having a bad day so are they because they're there you just can't see them Hello, and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right in to today's episode. Today you'll be hearing Crystal Partney's story. Crystal is an author and speaker, as well as the founder of Scattering Hope and Owl and Thistle. Today, she will be sharing with us her grief journey after the passing of her sister to suicide, and we'll go into all, not all the details, but the details of her grief journey and um, and what has come from that. So thank you, Crystal, for tune, tuning in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the listeners for tuning in, and thank you for <laughs> being here. Oh, you're so very welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. So we'll start with the the things I normally just ask my my guests just to get to know you a little more and just kind of just relax. Um, so you live, where do you live and your family dynamics and we'll go from there. Sure. So I live in a in a town called Spanish Fork, Utah. And I have, I'm a wife, I'm a mother to a beautiful five-year-old little girl and named Ava. And I have, we have a dog named Misha and she's actually the same age as Ava. So that's, that's fun to have them grow up together. And just a little bit about me. That's great. Now I have a dog as well, but it's, mine's a four, four and a half. Uh, her name's Evie. She's right. She's right there. She knows she's not going on a walk today because it's raining. And so um, she's just like chilling. And when she sees me sit here, she knows that it's she podcast knows it's time. Game time. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, okay, I guess no walk right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll just, I'll just lay here. Um, so where is Spanish Fork? I, my parents used to live in Salt Lake. So where is it oh. in relation to Salt Lake? So it's about an hour south of Salt Lake. Oh, it's is near it's Zion it's south- is on the, is it on the way towards Zion? is Zion south of Salt Lake too yes yeah so it's on the it would be on the way to yes, Zion exactly. or yep. St. George no St. George what's it something yeah. St. George yeah St. George yes oh I'm great Woo. yeah so around there yeah and well not quite there it's okay. closer to Provo if you're familiar yes yes with Provo. Yeah. yeah it's okay it's about 
I don't know, like 10 minutes away from Provo. And you so. grew up there? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, I was born and raised in Provo, but then we moved when I was eight to Spanish work. So mm-hmm. I call Spanish work. Home. That is your home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Okay. And so tell me then your family dynamics, your sister, how many siblings are you? And when I say, are you, it includes her, of course, because you all, you'll always have her. So you always right. be one of, you know, yes. You, yeah. So I am the youngest of eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. I come from a really big family. <laughs> so your sister's name, what is her name? Your her sister's name is Gina. Gina. Gina was how much older than you? Oh my goodness. So she was the third, she, she's the oldest girl in our family and she's the third. So she, when she passed away, there's, let's see, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm trying to do the math. There's a 10 year difference between us. Oh, okay. You're similar to my, my, my youngest sister and I were like nine and a half, like it's nine and a couple of months, but I always say 10 years. But right. it's like nine and something. Um, yeah. So, and we're really, really close. So, um, yeah. okay. So then tell us a little of the circumstances then. How did you find out she had passed away? Um, and we'll go from there. Sure. So I was attending school at the time of when I got the call from my mom saying that she had passed away that morning and I was completely shocked and, you know, thankfully I was, I was actually preparing to go to work that day and I was in my car and I was just listening to a webinar. And as soon as my mom called, which is nothing unusual because I talked to my mom every day. And so I picked up the phone like normal and I could just tell something was terribly wrong. I could just hear it in her voice before she even spoke. And she proceeded to tell me that my sister had taken her life that morning. And like I had just said, we were just completely devastated. I was in complete shock as we all were as a family. And I'll never forget like driving, my parents' house sits back off the road and in the same town as you same. Yeah. And it's, and it's lined with these beautiful, tall pine trees and, as I was coming down the road and I, as I was driving down the lane and turning towards my parents' house, I'll never forget the image of the sheriff's car out in front of my parents' house that will forever be like burned in my memory because I've never seen something like that, let alone knowing what comes, knowing what came next. And so, yeah, we were just completely, you know, just devastated as a family trying to to navigate this complexity of the situation and just mourn the loss of our sister and and for my mom her daughter and so it's yeah and it's um when I've spoken to people that have had family members die uh to suicide there's this other layer right that is added to that it's um the component of what I've sensed in the conversations, like there's this added layer, like, what if I could have done this? What if I, you know, what if I would, oh, when she said this, it's like all these like replaying of your life in the last, you know, 
few weeks or then months or years even like were there clues were there you know it's like it goes into this record and then of course then society's way of viewing suicide is like very different sometimes than something else so it's like all these emotions are on top of the fact that you're already grieving the loss of your loved one then you have all these society taboos and everything added to it it's just so much it's heavy so my heart goes out to you and your family for experiencing this and and the grief and I know that grief is um unique to everybody and I'm sure with eight siblings uh you know you notice that each one of you or seven of you grieved really differently as well as your um your parents so um tell us then what was then and well something we forgot to share was this was the day before your birthday is that correct that yeah <clears throat> yes that's correct so you your birthday was the next day she uh, passed away then the day before your birthday so how tell us a little bit about that week and if you even remember because it's sometimes like a, it's like it can be like a blur um yeah. and how you all as a family honored her life and this was in 2019 um right. so tell us about that yeah and you know it's interesting because like you were saying just a minute ago if i've forgotten and i'll never forget i'll never forget that moment of that first birthday without my sister and at that birthday i just <laughs> say it like it was it sucked and it was it's something that i'll never forget because i just remember you know, blowing out the candles on my birthday cake and just thinking, okay, she's gone. And this is the first birthday without her. And just how hard and how just tender that moment really was for me. And at the time, my daughter had just turned three. And so she was like, she was happy you know in that regard to celebrate my birthday and she was like mommy can we have some cake you know so she definitely helped keep that birthday as as light as it possibly could mm -hmm. in that moment and so I'm truly grateful for that and yeah just as far as the the dynamic of our family and each of us process processes our grief differently. And I, I told myself, I was like, I had just mentioned, I was literally in my senior year of college getting ready to graduate. And I had about a month left before I graduated. And so my priorities tended to shift after this. And I just said, it didn't, it didn't matter about the grades at that point. I mean, I was very grateful that I still maintained a high GPA, but still at that point it, it became irrelevant. I just said, Crystal, I just need, to, I just need to graduate. That's all there is to it. And then I can begin the healing process, whatever that looks like, because I didn't know <laughs> this was, this was all new territory. I mean, I had experienced multiple losses in my life especially in 2013 that year i i had experienced 
multiple losses during that year. And so, but were they related to death losses in terms of deaths? Yes. In 2013, were they also family members or friends? Family members. Both both family and friends. And so, yeah, my best friend. And so it was it just it, it, with the loss of my sister, it was different and, and as it should be, but it was a different experience altogether. It was something new. We had never experienced something like that as a family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, it was, it was very, it was, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. Uh, absolutely. As it should, as it should be. I mean, it's expected to be, it's, um, but it's it's interesting because even though you had had, you know, the experience of grief, you know, just uh, what is it? Seven, six, I don't know my math. Six years before uh, 2013, um, it still it still was a different dynamic. I mean, you know, the person that died in 2019, the dynamics of everything, the fa- especially the family dynamics, right? How much yeah. they shift when one person is no longer there is a very unique um yeah it's different it's different than when it's a friend or it's a relative but that it's a relative that is not in that family right unit. in that inner you know you yes. call it the inner circle yeah yes it's definitely very different um it's not somebody that you you know like in this case with this sister you probably talk often the family gatherings those kind of things so everything starts shifting so on, on that birthday, I like, I, I'm, I was thinking, did you have a cake? Did you celebrate mainly for Ava because she knew that it was your birthday and she was excited? I, I told myself that, you know, I was, I wanted to, to celebrate the fact that it was my birthday and I knew that it would never look the same. And so in my mind, and not only did I want to sell and not only did I want it to be for Ava too, mm-hmm. and to, you know, have her celebrate with me, but I also wanted to say and think of my sister and say, okay, what would Gina wanted? She would have wanted me to, to go out and, and have a cake. And, you know, to be completely transparent, I don't remember presents. And at that point, it didn't matter. You know, (laughs) it was just like, I just had the cake and having my little girl sing to me happy birthday was, was all that I wanted. And it wasn't, you know, obviously, what I really would have wanted wouldn't couldn't happen. And Mm -hmm. so which was, of course, wanting my sister back. But yeah, so it's a beautiful question, but I really feel, I, re- I really felt at that time, I'm going to celebrate the fact that it's my birthday because the I fact know that you're that's a lot- what she and- wanted. Yeah. And the fact that it's the honoring the, the preciousness of life, right? Even more the, in the frailty of it too, that why not honor this other year that you're alive and well, especially in the dichotomy with her having just passed away. Like it's that celebration of, you know, your life. Um, and yeah, like you said, putting yourself into like what she would have wanted you to be feeling and so forth. 
That's that's beautiful. Now, talking about Ava, how did you explain to her as a three-year-old that her Aunt Gina had, has, how did she call her, by the way? How did she call her Aunt she Gina? She called her Aunt, Aunt Gina. Gina. Aunt yep. Gina. That her Aunt Gina had passed away. Um, what kind of words did you use for her at that moment? Yeah, to be honest, I I struggled with wanting to tell her. And I was really just talking with my husband and saying, okay, do we tell her the truth? Mm. Because to be quite frank, how do you tell a three-year-old that her Aunt Gina had passed away? And especially of this magnitude. And so I, I had a moment where I was like, okay, I needed to decide. And, and of course I was crying all throughout and she came up to me, I was in the bathroom and she came up to me and she says, mommy, why are you crying? And, and I said, well, and so I, I, you know, okay, I mustered up all the courage I could. And I just, I had to tell her. So I just said, you know, honey, I'm just really sad. And she's like, why are you sad? And I said, well, your aunt Gina has died. And she looks at me with these big eyes and her innocence was so beautiful. She just said, mommy, why? Mm. And, and I just said, you know, honey, I don't know why. I just know that Aunt Gina was really sad. And then she got these, she got a smile on her face. And I was like, okay, I just told you that your Aunt Gina had died. Now, why are you smiling? And she got really quiet. And I asked her, I said, honey, why are you smiling? And she goes, well, does that mean she's with Grandpa Lanny? That's my dad. Oh. Oh, so That's your my dad, dad, and I said... Your dad has passed... Oh, so only your mom... Oh, that part I didn't know. Did your dad pass away in 2013? Oh. And she goes, is, is that means she's with Grandpa Lanny. And I said, yeah, she's with Grandpa Lanny. And she goes, okay. And she <gasps> runs out of the bathroom. <laughs> I got chills. And I, I was... I just sat there for a moment. I was like, yes, that just happened. But it was so beautiful. Uh, it was like, to me, it was the biggest hug that I could possibly have. Knowing that she was safe and that she was in good company. It's interesting because a lot of times those little things like that, like when my mom passed away, my sister died before my mom. And so when my mom passed away, my dad actually would say, and my dad listens to his podcast, so he'll hear it, but he would say, it's like, oh, it's like she gets to be with Zorana. Zorana, you know, like there was this aspect of, of course my dad sat, but it's like this aspect yeah. of this longing actually even. Yeah. That in that voice, like, wow, you know, like now she gets to be with her daughter. My sister passed away 20 years before my mom. So, right. yeah, so it's yeah. that, wow, she it's gets just to be with her daughter. It's a beautiful reunion. And, yeah. 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 So that, that brought uh, peace. And the fact that your three-year-old reminded you of that and gave you that comfort with that uh, simplicity, and you know, 
sometimes I think we overcomplicate, <laughs> we overcomplicate even that's just how we explain the fact you only, you use the word, you know, that she died and then she's the one that made the association that she's now with her grandpa. Like you didn't even say that. And she, yeah. she said that, and that's just beautiful. And that she thought of it with a smile that she thought, Oh, how beautiful, you know? Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Now, how then did you all celebrate her life uh, after her passing? What was the, uh, and I say celebrate memorial, I'm not sure what, how were, how was it? Um, how was her life celebrated or, or um, remembered? Yeah. Um, well, we celebrated and rem- remembered her all throughout that, that especially as the months went on, but, but, you know, there were these little milestones, her birthday, my sister's birthday is in January. And so as we were approaching her birthday, I knew my sister loved Moose Tracks ice cream. Oh, I and love so Moose. We, Ooh, I you're making me store. want some. <laughs> yes. And so, <laughs> so I went to the store and I got it. And I remember looking at it like, I don't is it but it was the only one they had ironically enough it was the only one they had last last literally the last um pint or whatever glass kind and it was everything else was all of the other moose tracks in the different brands were were gone like i was so surprised but so i got the last one i remember looking at it i'm like this looks so different well what it was they had swapped out it, it's vanilla with chocolate and peanut butter cups. Well, the kind that I got was chocolate with chocolate, like swirls and peanut butter cups. So it was different, but anyways, I brought it home and we sang happy birthday to my sister and my little girl goes, mommy, can we have some of aunt Gina's ice cream? And I go, yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> so now whenever we have it around my sister's birthday, we, you know, she asks, you know, mommy, can I have some of Aunt Gina's ice cream? And so mm. she knows that as Aunt that's, Gina's ice cream. And it's just really perfect. sweet. It's perfect. It's just so, yeah, it's simple. Again, just ordering her with like her favorite ice cream. And then, you know, that's something that Ava will carry on as well. So did you oh, celebrate yeah. her first birthday, just the, the three of you in your family unit? On that yeah, yeah, we did. My mom, I don't know where she was at at the time, but but yeah, it was just us. It was just us three, and it was beautiful. Memorable. Now, how was it then coming around then in March of 2020 then was her one-year anniversary mm-hmm. where, 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 and your first birthday, no, second birthday, I guess, without her. So what, um, what were we already in quarantine when the, when the, okay, so tell Ooh. us a little bit about that. Yeah, we had actually here in Utah. It was it was so interesting because I, you know, I was as you said, this was the second birthday without my sister, and I normally don't don't celebrate like go full out and do a party and all of that. It's usually very very low key and. And just my husband and family and, you know, my, some of my siblings come over, but, but that year, I just, as we were approaching the one year, I said, I'm going to celebrate it. 
I know that I normally don't, but I I want to do something really fun to not only celebrate my birthday, but also to remember my sister. And so we went out to one of those escape rooms and you know, they're not cheap, but oh my goodness, it was worth every penny. And we were supposed to escape Camelot and we didn't <laughs> escape Camelot. We got stuck in Camelot, but, but only after <laughs> the, the person running, it was like, well, if you guys only had like five more minutes or 10 more minutes, you guys would have escaped. I'm like, oh, well, then why didn't you give us 10 more minutes? There's not anybody here, you know, that's going to come into the room. But that's, I digress. But <laughs> we're, we're very much fans of escape rooms. Very much. My kids are like full on, like every time we go on vacation, they associate every time we go on vacation for us to look for an escape room. Because the first time we ever went to an escape room was in Hawaii, in Maui, when we were on vacation. So now oh, every time, yeah, so now every time we go somewhere, every, he's like, escape room? They're, they're 13, okay, they're almost 13 and 14, okay? That's my kids. And they're still like, escape room? Escape room? I'm like, oh my gosh. So then we end up having to find an escape room wherever. We're like out skiing in, in Colorado. We had to find escape room for these children. To, oh, that's like, so now, yeah, they uh, related now. Yeah, they related now to our vacations just because yeah. of that one time. So, um, so you, um, so then you did the not not escape from Camelot, and and then <laughs> our souls are still stuck in Camelot. <laughs> and so it was. So it was the you guys and some of your siblings as well were there, or just it. You know, it was interesting because I, we just invited a bunch of friends and I, of course I invited my siblings, but they were, uh, you know, who knows, I can't remember mm -hmm. what they were doing, but they were, they were all busy. And so we just kind of planned this kind of last minute thing. And so, but yeah, we had just a blast and, and everybody in our group, all of our friends, they had never done it before either. And so we got done and we were like, Oh, this is dangerous. We could we could do this every week. <laughs> it was so much fun. It's so fun. Now maybe that's just the way you celebrate every year your birthday. Now maybe yeah. that you know that and could be like the tradition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, ironically enough, we went out. We went to dinner afterwards, and we celebrated my birthday with the escape room. And then that Monday, so my birthday was on a Saturday, and then my on Monday, the whole world just shut down. And so it was sort of this, this beautiful moment where it was like, Oh, okay. Now, you know, now everything goes quiet. And, and we can, you know, adjust and pivot to that. So so yeah, so the the that duality that then that's why you were actually celebrating maybe so big and grand because then just two year two days later you were quarantined. So had you not like thrown that big party for your birthday, you know, maybe it would have felt like even weirder, you know, going into the quarantine. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and we had no idea. I mean, obviously we didn't right. know that it would it would be so quickly. I mm -hmm. mean, it was like my husband, you know, came home from work that Friday and we were texting each other all throughout the day. And he was like, 
school districts just closed. Um, you know, and he was just like, you know, these little, like, you know, like I said, the school districts just closed. Um, you know, this place just, just like stopped. Um, and so as we were going throughout the day, it was like, oh, wow, like, this is, this is serious. Like we didn't expect it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, yes, we went and did this big party that we had already planned. And so, and then Monday it was like, everything everybody went, was going went mm-hmm. silent and mm-hmm. and it was it was i'm so glad that we actually did and plus it was the you know like we had just said it was the one year anniversary the day before and so and and again i just wanted to really celebrate my sister and remember her in such a loving way and and i could think of no better thing than to, you know, go out and go to an escape room and do something fun that I had never done before. That's wonderful. I love that. I love that. It's everybody, And everybody, again, like we say, everybody grieves different. Everybody honors their loved ones differently as well as everybody's first birthday without their loved ones or in your case, second. But I mean, really mm-hmm. kind of first slash because you're probably still in a fog the first time. But um also just does it differently. And I, I love that component of remembering that if your loved one were next, you know, with you, they'd want to celebrate, right? So um, I'm glad that you did. So tell us in that, in that first year, what were some of your biggest tools to help you navigate this grief journey? And you, now that you've mentioned that in 2013, then your dad had passed away as well as your best friend, um, what tools did you use in 2013 as well? Because maybe some of those tools navigating grief then, did they play a part in your grief journey when your sister died? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So in 2013, I have kind of, I've coined that my year of hell <laughs> because that's what it was. And for me, so in January of that year, my my brother and his wife were getting ready to have their their son will and at 39 weeks gestation he, he my sister-in-law was supposed to deliver him literally the week the next week and he he passed away and they we all were just completely shocked there were no signs of trauma inside the womb and it was just something that just happened and my as you can imagine we were completely just heartbroken Mm. and the one of the more tragic things of course too was my my sister-in-law still had to deliver and so knowing the outcome and so that happened in January of that year. And then my father passed away unexpectedly from health complications in April of that year. And then my best friend passed away in December of that same year from the same health complications as my dad. And so it, it yeah, to, to say that I was like, holy cow, this <laughs> is an understatement. Like I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> and 
the the best tools looking back on that year particularly was there were so many things and and honestly like from april to december i was mourning the loss of my dad unknowingly i would lose my best friend in december of that year so i always say like i i had that little time to grieve and to process my dad's death Mm-hmm. And I did that with the help of my best friend, too. And so we were able to, you know, we lived in Colorado at the time of my dad's passing and my my uh, nephew. But we moved back in August of that year. And so I was able to spend more time around my best friend. And then, like I said, unknowingly, she would pass that December. But she was the one that really, you know, would call me up out of the blue and say, Crystal, we're going to a movie. And I, again, grief is, is so interesting because if for me, it was like, no, my natural reaction was like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just going to stay at home. And it was like, no, Crystal, go go and you need a break you need a break from the heaviness of this all of Mm -hmm. of all of this there's been a lot of life transitions for you and you just need to get out and to have that break and and to to go have some fun and so i did what's her name what's your friend's name her name is diane diane Mm -hmm. yeah and so in in diane she her personality was (laughs) just like let's go have fun like that was her personality it was let's go have fun let's go to the movies let's go do parties like her that was her personality and so I was like okay like let's you know she was just this bubbly just bubbly personality and so we would and so we went out and we would go to the movies and and I just remember, you know, just sitting there after and coming home, I just was like, thanks, you know, thank you, because I needed that. I needed that break. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the tools unknowingly. It was her that, friendship, her support and her friendship. Yeah, was just having that friend to just vent and just be, have someone that I could be vulnerable with and raw and really unfiltered. Because, you know, the family members and the friends that you have to be filtered with and you can't say this. But, yeah, with her, it was it was just easy. It, I didn't have to feel like I had to put on a show or a front. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. So... So Diane then was your biggest support then in that moment. And so now did you take some of the things that she basically taught you to do then during that grief journey of your dad's passing when she passed away in December? Like, did you, did you use some of the tools she would implement with you of the going out and also just expressing um, after her passing? And then who did you use then as your, support who was it that you could just be completely raw and real when diane died 
Oh my goodness. What a beautiful question. So to your first question, yes, I absolutely took the things that she taught me forward and, and used it to, to process her, her death. And, mm-hmm. you know, just her life in, in general, she was, like I said, just a bubbly personality. And so, yeah, I, I 100% was like, <laughs> I remember telling my husband, I'm like, I'm going to go to New Zealand and, and I'm just going to go. And, and I just started, you know, working for the family business and I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to just go to New Zealand. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, honey, I love you. You can't do that. You can't do that just now. He's like, but he's like, I love your enthusiasm, but we just can't. (laughs) So I was like, okay. Well, I can go to the movies. <laughs> He's like, okay, go do that. And and he really became the person that I turned to for that support. And and of course my mom too. And there were moments when I was lashing out and my mom would lovingly say, Honey, you're just trying to process Diane's loss. Mm. Okay. And so and I was just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And so I would give myself grace in those moments. So important. So important, that aspect of giving yourself grace, because we can be we can be judgmental of our own way of grieving too, right? Like mm-hmm. we end up judging ourselves whether we cry, whether we don't, whether like it's like we haven't gone out of bed. I got out of bed for weeks. We judge. We you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like. Um, we put we, that extra burden on ourselves. Yeah. And it's <laughs> true. And, you know, the old saying goes is we're our own worst critic. Well, mm-hmm. especially when we're grieving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because I think with grief, and this is the, one of the reasons of the podcast, so that people can hear how different everybody's journeys are and stories and how unique, you know, the the journey is of grief to every individual, um, it gives somebody that either is just fresh to this new journey and perspective that it is going to be unique and therefore hopefully it will allow them to give themselves more grace and not be so judgmental of their own journey. So when, um, when Diane died, then you use then your husband for that support to be able to talk your mom. So for you, the biggest tool has been then individuals to be able to talk to. Did you use any other tools, writing, uh, music, dance? I don't know any other, any other way that you were able to kind of process and move the grief through you? Yes, I, because like I had just said, I had, I literally had just started working for my family own for the family owned business, not not long after Diane had passed away, and so I really the biggest thing that I did was cry, was cry even when it wasn't pretty in the in the moment, and it you know thankfully at that time I had worked in the upstairs office so by myself for the first, oh golly, I don't remember exactly, but 
so I had that alone time before I had to then come downstairs and, and interact with customers and all of that. So I was very grateful because <laughs> there were so many times when I was just, when I would be listening to music and I would be thinking of Diane and I would just be bawling and I would be coming to work and I would just bawl. And so I really just honored that time and just allowed myself to cry because up until that point, it, it's, and again, everybody's journey is so unique, but my natural tendency is to like kind of push it off and like, nope, I'm not going to process this emotion. This emotion sucks. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to process it. Like we're just going to put it on the back burner. And I'm telling you, every time I do that, it comes back tenfold to bite me in the butt. And it's like, I wish I would have just done it then. <laughs> mm -hmm. But your mind tends to play tricks on you and it's like, no, you're fine when you are in fact not okay. Mm -hmm. You don't feel okay. This has just happened. And so again, we've mentioned it before, but it's worth repeating. Uh, just, I gave myself grace in those moments when I needed to, to cry and just, just process it. And, and I would speak to her all, I still do. I speak to her all the time. I speak to my sister all the time because they are experiencing life with you even when you don't think it. When you're having a bad day, so are they because they're there. You just can't see them. And I'll share this beautiful story as you know, we wrap things up, but it was, it was Christmas that year of 2013 and and Diane loved Christmas. She loved Christmas and her family would go all out. Like they'd get the fresh tree, they'd get presents for each other. And because I come from a big family, my dad <laughs> had this like understanding. It was like, you know, y'all are getting money and you're welcome <laughs> because there's eight of you guys. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Diane, you know, because her family was so into Christmas, when she found out that all I would get is an envelope full of money, you know, oh, darn, you know, <laughs> she was like completely floored. She was like, wait, Crystal, you don't have anything to unwrap at Christmas? I was like, no. And she was like, oh, we're stopping that. Like, we're, I'm buying you a gift. And she did. She bought me a gift and I don't remember what it was, but it really became my heart and soul to get this gift from her every single year. And so here it was Christmas and she had passed and my dad had passed. And so there were a lot of just heaviness that year. And as we were celebrating this Christmas, and so I remember just getting so upset and I remember yelling and screaming at them and being like, you guys should be here right now. Mm. You should be here. And I don't mean to get emotional, but I immediately felt this peace come over me. As they said, Crystal, we're here. 
we are just not in the form that you want us to be right now. Mm. And I said, okay, <laughs> you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You are here experiencing life with me, but you're just not in the form that I want you to be in. I want you to be here physically with me, but you're not. Mm. But make no mistake, they're there. And it brings that aspect of faith brings so much comfort in the grief journey as well. It just doesn't it like that aspect of the fact that if we don't see it as a complete end for do you feel that that for you oh, because yeah. you don't 100%. see it as it yeah like how it's tragic one, that's yeah. the even bigger tragedy is is to feel like that truly is the end mm -hmm. and i know in my soul and my spirit that that can't be the end because if that's the end i mean i can't think of a bigger tragedy than that if i truly believe that that was the end mm -hmm. that i would never see them again I mean, that, that truly is the, the real tragedy there. If I, if I allow that to be the end mm -hmm. and I believe that that's the end. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And that connection and the talking and I'm the same. And the fact that you were able to hear, hear them say that we're here, you know, that clarity, uh, for me would come in poems sometimes. Like I, one time I was driving, I was talking to my sister and then afterwards I, I, you know, I started writing a poem, talking to her as I'm like driving. And then in the poem, as I am, again, I'm writing it as I'm talking, she responds, you know, but it's like, you know, like I'm, you know, it's like in, so within that, it was like this poem, that's a conversation, but it's just coming, you know, and I'm like, and I truly believe like it was that, and it's very similar to what she said. It was in Spanish, but it was basically, I was saying in the poem, I'm saying I can, in the, in the, uh, on the, in the sunset, I saw your, your face looking at me, you know, your rate or whatever. And then afterwards it's like, um, then she responds is like, you think I've abandoned you and how, how mistaken you are. I'm with you. Uh, even, even when you're, you know, sleeping, you know, like all these like kind of things. I'm like, again, I'm paraphrasing my own poem because it's in Spanish, but, um, <laughs> But is that aspect of continuing being with me, like I'm that I was wrong to think that she was not, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so similar, you know, very similar there. So then with, um, let's go into then talking and then I know we're wrapping up soon, but it's like, I still have so many questions. Um, <laughs> I told you like my things with my interviews end up being long because I'm so curious. The, um, then when Gina died, then, who was, did you also with your husband, is that who you processed your grief with as well was with him? And then you continue then also, you said you talk with, with Gina as well now, and now tell us a, a little bit of that, of the grief journey then. And now the, the kit that you've developed, the journal, the handbook, the book, and all these other things. So lots of all piled up there, but for you to go ahead and, and speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes well again my my mother has been just a tremendous support in in that regard and I forget that it's you know because we're so close that that she lost a daughter and how hard that must have been for her 
to find her daughter. And then to have to process that with one of her daughters. <laughs> and so, you know, hats go off to my mom for, for her bravery and for her courage and her example that she is to me. And not just to me, but to my siblings. Yeah. And of course my husband has been tremendous. And then Ava, I have to give props to her <laughs> because she will remind me of things that my sister had said. And I am just astounded at the things that she remembers even to this day. And, and she reminds me that, that she's not far, that Gina's right there and that she's experiencing life with us. And, and so those three people have really, have really been a tremendous support in my life. And knowing sort of this journey that I was on, that is ultimately why my heart just really, you know, spoke to me in that regard for the journal specifically that I created because I know what it's like, especially during those first 30 days where everything feels like a blur and you don't know what day it is. And quite frankly, you don't even care what day it is. Mm. And that's okay. Like that's mm. all okay. But I really wanted uh, in truth be told, I wanted to give someone a hug. And this was the best way that I could do that is allow someone to feel like they're not alone in this space. If they have lost a loved one to suicide, to have this journal be a starting point for them when they're ready. And even if it's been six months, even if it's been, you know, on the the 27th of the month and they're like, oh, okay, I want to pick up Crystal's journal and go the next 30 days, do the things that she's, you know, talking about and how, in, how I can use this as a way to process and begin that grieving process. And that was ultimately my heart behind it because I know what that's like to feel like, oh my gosh, this just happened to me. And where do I begin? And society's telling me like I've got to quote unquote move on and my heart's been completely shattered in a million pieces and then been given back to me and society's telling me now fix it mm. Mm. and you're like okay well excuse my language but how in the hell do I do that there's no roadmap <laughs> and so that again it goes back to my heart behind writing this journal in the first place was I wanted somebody to know that they're not alone, to feel that love, not just for me, personal, but even from their loved one. And I dare say even more so from their loved one, that they're right alongside you and they're, they're walking with you. And what a beautiful way to connect with them and, and just allow yourself grace throughout that entire process. That is beautiful. Now, this particular journal is specifically for people who've lost somebody to suicide, or can anybody pick it up and 
gather something from it. Yes, I wrote it specifically for those that have lost a loved one to suicide, but there's definitely pieces in there that apply to to, to loss and grief in general because as you know, you know, grief is grief and so allowing something like that to break it down into bite-sized manageable pieces on a day-to-day that you can begin to feel like, okay, I don't know what next year is going to look like, but let's start with these first 30 days. Like, let's Mm -hmm. just start today. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, it doesn't matter if it's the 17th. It doesn't matter if it's the first day of the month. If you feel like you just need a refresher, you need a pick me up, please like use this journal as a way to start that healing process. That's wonderful. Thank you so much and for offering that tool. And I'll put the link of where they can get it, as well as maybe by the time this uh, podcast is released, your your book is already available as well. Yeah. Um, but all those links will be then in the show notes so that they can reach you and then the best way to connect with you would it be instagram facebook what's the best way for people to kind of reach you yeah so you can find more at scatteringhope.com or owlandthistle.com and both of those those will i'll send the link over to you so you have them and yeah beautiful thank you thank you and thank you to ava also for allowing mommy to to chat while she would watch movies. We're saying she was watching the Big Hero 6. And if anybody has has children, that's a good one too to kind of show a little bit of grief journey in that movie. There is a certain you know elements of that as well that it can help you kind of um, know that your loved one continues to be with you too. Big, big Hero, it, right? It has that dynamic. So thank you. Oh, there she is. <laughs> well, hello, Ava. Thank you. We're just wrapping up. We're wrapping up. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Crystal. Thanks. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.